Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, it's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us as we kick off a new week. Hope you had a good weekend. Glad that you are with us, and we're ready to go on this Thanksgiving week. We hope uh, it will be a good one for you. We know this is a lot different than uh, most Thanksgivings we've had, but um, still, there are many things to be thankful for, and uh, we hope it will be a safe holiday season for you. Coming up today as we kick off a new week, we're going to talk weather with DTN meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Speaking of DTN, their Ag Summit is coming up December 7th, 8th, and 9th. It will be a virtual event this year, as most events are uh, this year uh, and going into next year. Uh, But uh, there is a registration for it, and we have an opportunity for you to win a uh, free registration to the DTN Ag Summit. They have a, quite a lineup of speakers. We'll talk about that with Bryce in a little bit. But if you go to my website, Adams on Agriculture, you'll see information there where you can sign up, and we'll be drawing a couple of names for free registration to the DTN Ag Summit. So check that out. So we'll talk about that and weather with Bryce Anderson. The National Pork Producers Council launching a Give a Ham challenge and we're going to talk with the president-elect of the national pork producers council jen Sorensen, about that coming up and her thoughts uh here at the close of this year what's been a challenging year uh, her thoughts on where the pork industry is at and her thoughts going into 2021 also each year the american farm bureau federation does its survey of the cost of uh, uh, food items for the thanksgiving meal we'll go over that information and the results of that with john newton chief economist for the american farm bureau federation but let's start things off as we do most weeks with Sarah Wyant, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Sarah, good to talk with you. You all ready for Thanksgiving? Well, good morning, Mike. I am. I bought my turkey yesterday, and I have to say, given that it will just be my husband and I having Thanksgiving dinner, it was hard to find a smaller turkey. And, of course, I like dark meat. He likes white meat. So I wasn't going to settle for a smaller turkey breast. But I uh, dug down to the bottom of the pile and, and found about a 15-pounder. So I'm, I'm ready to go. Well, I found the 20-pounder. And even though our gathering will be smaller than usual as well, I still wanted the big turkey so I can eat, the, you know, turkey sandwiches for longer after the, after the holiday. I liked the uh, the leftovers, <laughs> so I'll have plenty there. All right, let's get to – yeah. Let's get to uh, business at hand in Washington. Uh, when we look at this lame duck session, I asked you this last week. I'll ask again. What are they going to get done, you think? Well, you know, they're out for Thanksgiving break this week, and they're going to come back, and I think they're going to continue to hear, as we talked last week, about the need to have another round of COVID-19 and economic stimulus Uh, because a lot of people are still hurting. Unemployment is still very bad in so many areas of the country, and the cases keep spiking, so more and more people are out of work. So I think there's going to be pressure there and hopefully a little bit more of an urgent need to have discussions between Republicans and Democrats and to find some common ground. I mean, we all know they can come back in 2021 and spend more money if they need to, but to at least get something out the door is still a possibility. And then, of course, we have the appropriations bills and and all the other things that um, kind of of end-of-the-year things, tax extenders that could all be done. But hopefully their focus will be first on appropriations bills, getting those done, and then some type of pandemic relief yet. Always interesting when there's a transition in administration. So when you look at what's going on, say, at USDA as they wrap things up and we get ready for new people to come in, what are you seeing and hearing there? So, you know, the transition team has been announced, as we've reported on com, and we do hear that people are, you know, roving around the department. Uh, reporters still can't get in there yet, so we're not able to uh, kind of see in person what's going on. But um, the Biden administration is going to start announcing some of his key players on Tuesday. Uh, it's already leaked out that Antony Blinken is likely to be the Secretary of State, um, Jake Sullivan, likely to be National Security Advisor, and Linda Thomas-Greenfield, 
to the ambassador of the UN. He's supposed to announce uh, those on Tuesday. And so far, Mike, it appears that uh, President-elect Biden is going with some tried-and-true advisors who've been with him for many years. Sometimes they were folks who started in the Clinton administration, but they were certainly very close to President-elect Biden during the Obama presidential years. So you're you're seeing him stick to some trusted advisors, and um, it'll be interesting for us to watch how that plays out with the rest of the cabinet, because we all know he's under pressure and has committed to having a very diverse cabinet, but what that's going to look like in the long term, balancing that with people that he trusts and knows is going to be interesting to see. What are you hearing on the possibility of Heidi Heitkamp being the next Secretary of Agriculture and the pushback from within the Democratic Party by some sectors of it against her? So we hear a lot of good things, of course, against Senator Heidkamp. She was very active in the campaign, speaking out on behalf of on rural issues and in, in support of climate change, a lot of things that mesh very well with where I think President-elect Biden wants to go. But there is a strong pushback from some of the progressive groups uh, in support of Congressman Marsha Fudge, who is a member of the House Agriculture Committee. We also have people in California who are pushing very hard to have Representative Costa uh, move up on the House Ag Committee. So you, you've got these different vectors uh, of uh, support. But on ag, um, I, I think that it's going to be a real telling uh, message to the agricultural community who President-elect Biden selects, both for his secretary and a deputy there. And a lot of folks think that Heidi Heitkamp still has a good chance. It could be interesting to watch. One other note, a federal appeals court upheld that nuisance verdict against uh, Murphy Brown in North Carolina, but throughout the multi-million dollar jury award for damages. Uh, interesting case there. Yes, it's it's been uh, something that we've been watching for a long time. As you noted, the appeals court upheld a jury verdict that the hog farm was a nuisance, but remanded the issue of the amount of the punitive damages. Um, and so you had that uh, Smithfield coming in and, and and settling uh, over the case after that appeals court decision. I think it's really troubling for all of us to watch that uh, when we want to bring large uh, hog operations or dairy operations into communities, oftentimes uh, people look at that as a real economic development opportunity for not only people that want to work in an area, but those who want to sell feed to those uh, livestock Mm -hmm. operations. But others look at them as environmental threats. And so I think it's important as we look at new opportunities for the protein market, how we balance those is going to be really key going forward. And as always with cases like that, we watch to see if they set some precedent for other cases. All right, Sarah, have a great Thanksgiving. Good to talk with you. Talk to you next week. You too, Mike. Thanks so much. Have a good Thanksgiving too. Sarah Wyan, editor and president of AgriPulse Communications. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. I've seen a lifetime of farming, and the one thing you can count on is change. So, now there's a new inoculant for soybean growers from Lalman Plant Care. The new rhizobium species and unique technology and Lalfix Pro Yield Liquid Soybean deliver improved nitrogen fixation and iron uptake. I've seen a lot of change, but this, well, this changes everything. Contact your Lalleman sales representative today. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl, but with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Cenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel. Diesel that doesn't mess around. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. 
New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. As a certified crop specialist with your local FS company, I'm trained in agronomy, soil types, and genetics. I'm also completely dedicated to your farm success. So I'm more than just a crop specialist. I'm a do-whatever-it-takes specialist. A walk-a-mile-in-your-boots specialist. A we're-in-this-thing-together specialist. Ready for higher yields with proven brands like FS Envision and FS High Soy? Just ask me how. Sometimes life is wonderful, and sometimes it's not. Cherish the good, but always be prepared for life's challenges. At Private Healthcare, we provide the peace of mind you deserve. With Private Healthcare, you'll get the coverage you want and healthcare you need. If your employer doesn't supply healthcare coverage and you don't qualify for Medicare or Medicaid, you need to give us a call right now. Private health care is private health insurance for ages 65 and under with medical, dental, vision, and even prescription coverage. When life comes at you unexpectedly, you need to be ready, and health insurance is your financial safety net. If you're looking for health coverage at the best price and your annual household income is $35,000 or more, give us a call at 800-664-2612. That's 800-664-2612. 800-664-2612. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. All right, let's talk weather with DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. And Bryce, it's Thanksgiving week, and normally we'd be talking about what kind of weather's going to be for travel. Looks like travel's probably going to be way down this year, but uh, what kind of weather will we see across the country this uh, Thanksgiving uh, weekend? It's going to be a little bit on the variable note, Mike. Uh, We're getting to have a fairly active pattern uh, shaping up for the Midwest during this week. So there's going to be uh, a few showers uh, across the Midwest during this coming week, and uh, that, I think, is uh, not going to uh, cause a whole lot of uh, real severe conditions. But uh, we're going to see some, like I say, areas of uh, light rain develop, maybe a little bit of snow uh, during the next uh, couple days, uh, especially from uh, later today, Monday, into uh, tomorrow and Wednesday. Uh, the uh, the rainfall could be uh, a little bit heavier in the Ohio Valley and then in the Delta. And uh, by Thanksgiving Day, all of that should pretty well clear out with uh, a lot of dry conditions. And um, it's uh, also going to be a week where we have uh, fairly mild temperatures as well. Well, precipitation is needed in a lot of places. I don't think uh, people would mind having some. Uh, we've seen as you said, some moisture move across the the country, across the Midwest especially. Not anything big, though. Is this kind of the pattern we're in, these uh, light showers off and on? That's the way things are shaping up at this point. Uh, We are also in a usually drier part of the year over most of the central U.S., and so to get any moisture of note, I think uh, you'd have to look at it as um, as being a bonus uh, rather than anything else. I am concerned that in the southwestern plains, we're not going to see maybe uh, more than about a quarter of an inch rainfall. I think a lot of areas are going to do well to get 1,500s in that part of the country uh, from central Kansas west. That's the driest area of winter wheat uh, production areas, and there's going to be um, very little in the way of improvement uh, for the wheat crop. Along with that, it still is mild enough that I don't think we're going to see a whole lot of wheat going into dormancy yet. So there still is going to be um, the the plant uh, taking in moisture and, and using it and so forth. Uh, so there's not going to be a whole lot of uh, moisture that actually 
um, you know, uh, adds to the uh, available uh, soil moisture profile uh, with any showers that do develop. Uh, so it still is a, a long-term concern uh, for winter wheat in the southwestern plains. So uh, again, is this what you've just described for us? Is this part of La Nina? Well, the uh, the drier conditions in the southern plains certainly uh, are uh, pretty strong characteristics of uh, the weather pattern when La Nina is in effect. And then along with that, uh, the Midwest, uh, particularly uh, south of Interstate 80, in much of the southern two-thirds of Illinois, the Ohio Valley, uh, are in an area that uh, usually is favored uh, for precipitation when La Nina is in effect. So that is part of the picture. All right. When we talk La Nina, we also look at its impact on South America. We're keeping a close watch on conditions there. Uh, what's the situation? Are they still dry? Well, central Brazil is certainly going to be dry this week and, and was dry over the weekend for that matter. Uh, there was some rain in the coastal areas of Brazil in, uh, you know, southeastern uh, Rio de Janeiro state, in southeastern uh, Minas Gerais. Uh, the only crop of note is that, uh, you know, affects uh, me directly is the coffee crop uh, in that part of Brazil. Uh, so there was, some, there was some rain in the coffee tree areas, no doubt about that. But the uh, primary grain country, Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso do Sul, Paraná, they hardly had anything, you know, maybe 20 hundredths of an inch, and that's about it. And along with that, temperatures were above 100 for the daytime highs, especially mm -hmm. in Mato Grosso. Uh, so, yeah, it's uh, basically hot and dry, and this week is going to offer more of the same with uh, no more than maybe another 15, 20 hundredths of uh, precipitation, especially in Mato Grosso. And the temperatures are going to range from about 98 to around 105 for the daytime highs. You know, I, I don't care if you're in the tropics or not, or the subtropics, that still is awfully hot for crops, and uh, that's not a good combination. Well, that sounds like a developing story there to watch closely for sure. We're talking with DTM meteorologist <laughs> Bryce Anderson because so much focus, I mean, is dry weather. Dry weather here as we head towards next planting season, but dry weather certainly for South America will impact their production, which impacts the market certainly. Oh, it, it really does, and uh, we're seeing that in terms of uh, uh, trade concern uh, this early week in, in especially the soybean market. Uh, the longer-term forecasts uh, are also not looking uh, very favorable uh, with a, a high likelihood of below-normal precip in southern Brazil through uh, most of Argentina. Uh, that part of South America could get some showers this week, but not any, anything to just uh, you know, bring long-term soil moisture benefit. And then in uh, central Brazil, the uh, forecast over the next three months is for near to below normal precipitation. They're already starting out behind the eight ball on rainfall. So there's not a real long lasting uh, prospect of having things suddenly turn around and improve. Uh, it's it's a, uh, a real concerning uh, pattern that uh, South America has going on, especially with uh, the, the need, if you will, for uh, for record uh, crop production from uh, market commentary that I read. And, uh, you know, there's going to be big crops, but not at the level that apparently is needed in order to, um, you know, to be real confident about how much grain is out there at the end of the marketing year. So we will put that in the significant category as a story <laughs> to watch. All right. Uh, I mentioned earlier in the program that your DTN Ag Summit, a virtual event coming up this year, December 7th, 8th, and 9th. Uh, tell us a little bit more. I, I would imagine uh, you'll be, uh, in your presentation, you'll be talking a little bit about South America and weather there. What are some of the other things that will be discussed at the Ag Summit this year? Well, uh, the the uh, focus is, is on uh, being able to be flexible in, in management operations, Mike, and, and uh, offering um, Offering uh, ways of, uh, of of coping with you know some of these uh, you know real uh, real uncertain uh, financial and uh, and marketing situations. So uh, that's all going to be a, a big feature with the Ag Summit. I think also that uh, with Kip Tom uh, 
the uh, the foreign uh, diplomat from the ag side who is going to be our keynote speaker uh, on the program. I think that he's going to offer a uh, a very good perspective on on what the trade situation might be, even with a uh, the prospect of a change in administrations, because uh, Kip has had a lot of contact, um, kind of kind of away from the limelight, so to speak, in the international trade arena. And, uh, you know, with his extensive business knowledge, his extensive agriculture development knowledge, and now his, uh, his international trade expertise, uh, he's going to bring a lot to the table. And, and uh, I do think that he's going to have a terrific presentation uh, when he uh, makes his uh, appearance at the Ag Summit. Well, we're all kind of starting to learn a little bit more about how to attend these meetings virtually. Uh, how do people get information about uh, your DTN Ag Summit December 7th, 8th, and 9th? Well, our registration is, uh, is uh, you know, at our, at our homepage on our, on our website, dtnpf.com. And uh, actually, if, uh, if folks just want to go there and uh, look for the uh, Ag Summit tag, uh, there's a, a very easy way to uh, register and uh, make plans at that point because Ag Summit is a real prominent feature on our website for for people to sign up, and uh, we look forward to having uh, many folks join us virtually. And also, while you're you know cruising those websites, go to Adams on Agriculture, and you'll see on on my website a chance for you to sign up, and we'll draw a couple of names for free registration to the DT and Ag Summit. I think you and I will announce those perhaps next week. So uh, we encourage people to do that. Go to Adams on Agriculture, check out the uh, chance to win two free registration. Uh, you might be one of those that get a free registration to the DTN Virtual Ag Summit. Lots of good information at your meeting each year, Bryce, and we encourage people to, uh, to check it out. Hey, thanks a lot. Good to talk with you, and uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Hey, thanks uh, to you and yours as well, Mike. Have a great holiday. All right. Thank you. DTM meteorologist Bryce Anderson. Up next, the president-elect of the National Pork Producers Council. National Pork Producers launching today a Give a Ham Challenge. How is that going to work? Who will, uh, who will benefit from that? Where will the hams go? We'll find out all the details next here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table brought to you by CHS as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system from global market access to local expertise We'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. This is the American Ag Network. I'm Rusty Halverson with a recap of Friday's market activity. There were some ideas early on Friday that soybeans could push above 12 bucks a bushel during the session. We did not. Wheat and corn futures higher on Friday after a brief correction on Thursday. More flash sales of corn exports announced by USDA with 158,270 metric tons of corn being sold to Mexico. Another 131,000 tons being sold to unknown destinations. Much of the movement seen in grain futures recently due to dry weather in key growing regions throughout the world like South America and for Russia too. Political uncertainty stemming from the U.S. election and what that may mean for U.S.-China relations could soon become a factor moving prices in one direction or another, according to the Wire Talk. 
Soybean futures, January contract up three and a half at eleven eighty one. March eleven eighty one and a quarter up five and three quarters. December corn up three quarters of a cent at four twenty three and a quarter. March up a penny at four twenty eight and a quarter. Chicago wheat, December up a penny and a half at five ninety three and a quarter. Kansas City wheat, December up a penny and a half at five fifty and a quarter. Minneapolis spring wheat, December down two and a quarter at five forty four. Livestock at the Merck and Live Cattle Futures, December down 15 cents at 108.10. February up 12 at 110.65. Feeder cattle, January down 95, 134.60. March down 57 at 134.37. Lean hog futures, December up 42, 64.12. February up $2.30 at 65.35. I'm Rusty Halverson for the American Ag Network. Take a look under your bed. Find stuff under there? What about jobs? No? Now try your basement. There's a pair of overalls that overall you're not so into anymore. A perfectly good laptop that hasn't sat in your lap in months. And even more stuff, but still no jobs? Well, you really have both. See, stuff is defined as household articles considered as a group. Sometimes this stuff is no longer needed. Wait, no longer needed? That can't be right. Because remember those jobs you were looking for? Those are really needed, and they're the stuff inside your stuff. Even inside that winter coat that moved with you to Phoenix. Our job is to unlock those jobs, and it starts when you donate your stuff to your local Goodwill. Here's how we do it. When you donate to Goodwill, we sell your stuff to provide job training for people right here in your community. So just by teaming up with Goodwill, you help create jobs. And isn't that worth parting with the leftover guitar from your 80s cover band? Goodwill. Donate stuff, create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. A message from Goodwill and the Ad Council. Adams on Agriculture brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. And joining us now is the president-elect of the National Pork Producers Council, Jen Sorensen, to tell us about the Give a Ham Challenge. Jen, thanks for joining us. Tell us about this. Oh, this is a big day for the U.S. pork industry, Mike. We're excited to launch our national Give a Ham uh, Challenge, which is our holiday giving program where U.S. hog farmers uh, contribute back to the communities they support. You know, this is a core value for U.S. pork producers, and we're happy to celebrate it and champion it through the, the Give a Ham Challenge, which is a social media campaign. But ultimately, hopefully, we'll get uh, over 2 million servings of pork into local food pantries, community shelves, and community organizations. Well, we know there's a great need right now, and hopefully this will, will help fill that need. How do uh, pork producers get involved in this and participate? There is a tremendous need right now, and I've, I've never met a food pantry that isn't low on protein. Uh, so this is a really good example of uh, producers having the opportunity to give back into, into their communities. You know, participating is really easy. All you have to do is open your heart and, and give a pork product. It could be ham, it could be pork loin, any pork product, any protein product into a food pantry and then pop it up on social media and use that hashtag give a ham and you'll connect with the the campaign and we also encourage producers to uh, challenge somebody else that they know it could be a fellow producer it could be a supplier or someone else in the pork industry last year we had over a thousand producers participating and we're hoping to double that this year this would be in addition to the uh assistance that pork producers have already given this year. They've uh, really stepped up, so we hope this will add to that. <laughs> we do. You know, producers are always giving, no matter no matter what the, the business climate is. I know as Iowa Select Farms, we had a really big giving year, especially the spring and summer as, as, produce, as people lost their jobs and there was more need, you know, as schools were closing. And so, yeah, producers are always giving back uh, and engaged in their local to communities. And this is just a time period that we can highlight it and celebrate it. Uh, so people can see the good work happening uh, with U.S. hog farmers. 
We're talking with Jen Sorensen, President-Elect of the National Pork Producers Council. Jen, as we draw 2020 to a close, we know it's been quite a challenging year for everyone. When you look at the pork industry and what you've come through this year and where you're at right now and looking ahead to next year, your thoughts? One of the most challenging years we've ever been through. You hit the nail on the head, Mike. You know, we're still hopeful for an additional federal assistance program needed to stabilize our farm sector. You know, hog farmers have incurred major losses this year due to the COVID pandemic. That's after two years of being on the tip of the retaliatory trade spear. Uh, We're hoping to make a little bit of money this year and, and instead got hit with COVID pretty hard uh, when hog values plummeted earlier this year. Um, You know, we're seeking, still hopeful for a COVID relief package, compensation for hogs we had to euthanize, hogs that we um, donated and didn't get any value out of. Um, Also looking for modifications of the Commodity Credit Corporation Charter, so a pandemic-driven national emergency qualifies for funding. Um, and a few other asks as well that will help hog farmers and, and strengthen the hog sector. Um, as we look into next year, labor will continue to be a challenge for hog farmers, really looking for um, a, a visa reform program, an H-2A program that can help provide seasonal animal care. We've got our eyes on gene additive livestock and also getting back at the TPP table. So a lot of work to do. Uh, here at NPPC on behalf of U.S. hog farmers. There was a concern earlier in the year uh, when we were kind of really at the the low point with all this, with the supply chain uh, being threatened, and uh, we knew the situation in many of the the packing plants, uh, the uh, the health situation there, uh, Mm -hmm. the workers, and uh, there was a thought, and with hogs backing up, that many producers might have to go out of business. Did we see much of that? Yeah, I mean, I can't speculate. We we did see producers go out of business. I mean, the fear is that we'll lose more and more hog farmers in an industry that's already uh, fair, fairly impactful, but very <laughs> just a few of us, right? So, um, you know, we we don't want to see further consolidation. We want to keep as many hog farmers you know, in business as we can, you know, comparatively to, you know, the consuming population in in the U.S. You know, food is important. Food is a matter of national security. We need more farmers, not less farmers. And and so that's that's our whole intention is to be able to keep as many producers uh, producing hogs and in the food sector as possible. A bright spot has been pork sales to China, but now we're hearing that you know they're rebuilding their herd there and the speculation is maybe they would not be buying as much pork moving forward is that a concern yeah it's definitely a, a concern we know that you know relations with china will never go back to being what they were um, we've got our eyes on the china market but it just further tells us that we need to continue to diversify our export portfolio and continue to forge relationships and bust through uh, some of those uh, tariff and non-tariff barriers and market access barriers in in other countries. And that's why, you know, TPP is so important to U.S. hog farmers. You know, the Trump administration um, bowed out of that agreement. Uh, That was one of the first decisions that that he made after coming into office, and and MPPC was very vocal about the need to be a part of that. And so we're we're going to continue to be, be vocal uh, about getting back into that and getting a seat at the table. Um, um, you know, we don't like to see other countries moving on without us. So that that'll be a key priority for this next year. Yeah, we'll be watching that. Um, there's a obviously going to be a, a real push on environmental issues, uh, probably a lot of policy there that could, will impact agriculture. Uh, I know this could be a challenge for agriculture, no doubt will be, but it's also an opportunity, isn't it, to uh, make sure agriculture's at the table and say, hey, look what we already are doing. Uh, you know, don't, don't, don't overlook that. That's exactly right, Mike. I think you know, agriculture is part of the solution here. And when you look at the the hog sector, you know, we've got a tremendous story to tell when it comes to um, 
greenhouse gases and soil health and soil restoration uh, and all the advantages that the hog farming sector brings uh, in terms of uh, sustainability. And we're looking forward to having those conversations. We can't wait to get started and really lean, on, lean in on these conversations and find that common ground and, and talk about the progress that we've made and the continuous improvement, the culture of continuous improvement that we have as farmers. All right, so let's circle back to where we began. I want to go over this again. The Give a Ham Challenge begins today, runs through the end of the year. Tell us again how it works and who will uh, get these hams that will be donated. Yep, so our president, A.V. Roth in Wisconsin, he is launching the give it, officially launching the Give a Ham Challenge today, and he's challenging me. And from then, we will continue to challenge it, challenge each other and pass it along through the pork industry. So if you have a role in the pork industry, if you're a pork producer or any of our stakeholders or anyone just that just loves pork, loves being a part of the industry, uh, more than welcome to tag into the campaign uh, open your heart, give to a shelter, give to a food pantry, and then talk about it. Capture that story, post it up on social, post it up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Use the hashtag, give a ham. You'll connect with the campaign and then challenge somebody else to do the same. Yeah, let's get that word out and get the get the hams out to those that can really use them. I'm, I'm looking at these numbers. I mentioned this earlier, what pork producers have already done. Uh, have you pork producers uh, and numerous state associations that representing them have donated so far to local food banks a collective 15.7 million pounds of pork through October 31st. That's pretty impressive. That is absolutely impressive and community giving is a key pillar and part of our week care program and we're we're proud to be able to give back you know as food producers we raise the food we send it through the food chain uh, so giving back to those who are less fortunate and wouldn't otherwise have a holiday meal is a core value and just makes us feel really great. It's important work and work that we continue to do even when times are tough as a sector. So uh, really excited to shed some light on this particular area and, and hope, that per hope that we have record participation this year. Well, as you said earlier, there's never a time that food banks don't need help, and especially in a year like this one, and especially going into the holiday season, uh, this would be very, very helpful uh, to meet a lot of need that is out there. Jen, as always, thank you for being with us, and we encourage producers to uh, be involved with the Give a Ham Challenge. Thanks a lot. Thanks so much, Mike. Take care. Jen Sorensen, President-Elect of the National Pork Producers Council. Well, this Thanksgiving is going to be different in a lot of ways, obviously, because of uh, COVID-19. Maybe those uh, family gatherings will be a bit smaller this year. You may not be able to get to uh, some of the places you would normally be going to, or some others might not be able to travel to where you are. But still, there will be the, uh, the holiday meals uh, prepared. What about the cost of the holiday meal this year? We'll take a look at that as we talk with John Newton, Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation next. Each year, AFBF does a survey, a market basket survey of the, uh, the food items for that holiday feast. We'll find out uh, the numbers this year. That's coming up next. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Adams on Agriculture, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. Cenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. 
For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. A cold front can slow the world to a crawl. But with Cenex Premium Diesel, your fleet can power through. Zenex Roadmaster XL Seasonally Enhanced comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn, optimizing cold weather performance over typical number two diesel. So rather than complaining about the cold, own it with Zenex Premium Diesel. Zenex Premium Diesel, diesel that doesn't mess around. I've seen a lifetime of farming, and the one thing you can count on is change. So, now there's a new inoculant for soybean growers from Lalman Plant Care. The new rhizobium species and unique technology in Lalfix Pro Yield Liquid Soybean deliver improved nitrogen fixation and iron uptake. I've seen a lot of change, but this, well, this changes everything. Contact your Lalman sales representative today. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers around the world. The DTN Ag Summit December 7th through 9th. Register at dtn.com forward slash ag summit. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, a coalition of ag, food, forestry, and environmental groups has been formed called the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance. One of those groups is the American Farm Bureau Federation, and joining us now from AFBF is Andrew Walmsley. Tell us about this new alliance. We launched the, the Food and Agriculture Climate Alliance with originally eight organizations as, as kind of founding members. It includes Farm Bureau, Environmental Defense Fund, the Nature Conservancy, our forest owners, NAFO, Food Industry Association, State Departments of Ag, Farmers Union, and National Council of Former Cooperatives to kind of come together and see where we could find agreement on a fairly controversial issue at times. Our overarching goal is that they've got to work for farmers and ranchers. They're voluntary, market and incentive-based policies based on science and that promote resilience and help our rural communities become stronger. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Adams on Agriculture is brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. With Cenex Premium Diesel, you can count on a diesel that will keep your operation in top shape. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. The American Farm Bureau Federation has conducted its 35th annual survey of items found on the Thanksgiving Day dinner table. And we take a look at the price of those items and how they compare with years past. Joining us is John Newton, Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, thanks for joining us again. What did this year's survey find? Well, this year, Mike, we had volunteer shoppers, both in-store and online, 
uh, across the country as responses from all 50 states found that the average price of this year's classic Thanksgiving dinner came in at $46.90. That's down 4% from what we saw last year in the lowest level that we've seen since 2010. So the average cost of the dinner has gone down, and it works out to what, less than $5 per person? Is that right? Yeah, $4.69 per person. I think what's pretty interesting here too, Mike, is that when we adjust for inflation, the average price of this year's Thanksgiving dinner uh, comes in at at just uh, a penny more than $18. Uh, That's the lowest level since we started doing this survey 35 years ago. Uh, that we've seen. It's down 30% since 1986 when we first started the survey. So it's always interesting to uh, keep these numbers in perspective. Also, though, what about the farmer's share of that food dollar? What's happening there? Well, the, the farm share of the food dollar, you know, when we look across agriculture is around uh, 8%. Uh, that's, that's after taking into consideration your production costs. Uh, but that includes the farmer's share of food at home and food away from home. And food at home, the farm share of the food dollar, uh, is closer to 13%. So, uh, we, you know, we won't know yet, um, you know, until the data comes in much later than this, uh, how COVID and, and all of the food consumption uh, at grocery stores has changed the farm share of the total food dollar. But I think a lot of people would be very surprised to realize, in many cases, how little of the dollars spent on grocery items actually goes to the farmer. Yeah, I think you're exactly right. We we ran some numbers uh, earlier this year, just you know when we were you know in the throes of this uh, really high retail beef prices and low uh, you know fat cattle prices. The farmer's share of the retail beef dollar uh, was was somewhere around thirty percent. I believe, Mike, that's the lowest it's ever been. We're talking with John Newton, Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. John, I think it's also probably somewhat surprising in the year of a pandemic, and uh, we've seen all the challenges earlier in the year with the, the supply chain and things like that. I, I, I might have expected maybe some of these prices to have gone up, not down. Well, we did see some prices go up. Stuffing prices went up. You know, 12-pack brown and serve rolls went up in price, but... You know, when you look at the big ticket items, the turkey, it went down in price by 7%. Uh, you know, retailers often use the turkey to drive foot traffic in the store. Uh, if you wanted to add a bone-in ham to your Thanksgiving dinner, uh, those prices were unchanged from last year, despite seeing hotel, wholesale ham prices uh, really accelerate this year compared to last year. So, so I think a lot of it, too, Mike, is retailers don't pass along Uh, the volatility they see in wholesale prices immediately to the consumer. There's a lot more stability there. John, in a year with so many challenges, uh, I've I've been thinking about this, that, you know, it might be a little harder this year for for a lot of people to see things to be thankful for because we're so focused on the the challenges and the issues and and the heartbreak of 2020. But when you look at, here's one, uh, one area right here that even with, the challenges early on to the food supply chain, it, it held up for the most part. And we have a, uh, thanks to our producers, uh, we have a plentiful supply of food. Now, sometimes, you know, we do have the challenges of getting it to the people that uh, are most in need. But overall, we have so much to be thankful for in this country. We still have this plentiful supply of safe, affordable food. I couldn't agree more with you. I mean, I, I, you know, you think about this whole pandemic, uh, you know, at any point in time, like, you go to the grocery store and get just about anything you want, any cut of meat, uh, you know, milk, eggs, cheese, dairy products, everything was on the shelf. And that's because, uh, you know, farmers and ranchers are, are out in the fields. They they harvested our winter crops. They planted our spring crops. We just completed corn and soybean harvest. We're starting to think about our plans for 2021. We're incredibly thankful to our farmers and ranchers that, that put food in our table and clothes on our back. And, and that's something that I think Americans uh, sometimes uh, don't appreciate enough, that we spend a pretty small share of our disposable income on food at home, uh, where some people around the world might uh, spend a lot more. Nigeria, for example, spends close to 80% of their disposable income on food. Uh, we're incredibly blessed and thankful to have uh, an abundant and high-quality food supply here.
Yeah, a lot of people around the world spend a lot more of their income for food and have a lot less available to them, a lot fewer choices uh, and supply than, than we have. And we need to uh, remember that and be uh, more appreciative of uh, what we have here in this country. And I, I, I just finally, real quick, John, do you think, as we're still dealing with COVID here at the end of the year, uh, as far as the food supply chain is concerned, what have we learned about how it's held up, had some rough spots, some needed some changes, had to be flexible earlier on? We've learned some lessons. How do you feel as we move forward with it? I think we're in pretty good shape. I mean, we've, we've learned the lessons. We've learned how to keep our workers safe. We've got access to PPE equipment. Um, so I think, you know, we're, we're going to be fortunate. Uh, this year, I don't think we're going to see the type of shortages that we saw this spring, even though, uh, you know, the number of COVID cases continues to rise. Uh, across the country, I think if anything, uh, we we could potentially see due to a run on grocery stores, you know, some items be in short supply, but they'll quickly be restocked. Uh, we've got plenty of food in this country. Uh, no need to worry about any type of shortages uh, or any you know supply chain issues. We, the supply chain bent, uh, but it didn't break. All right, very good, John. Thanks a lot. Have a happy Thanksgiving. You too. Thanks, Mike. Take care, John Newton. Chief Economist for the American Farm Bureau Federation. With that, we wrap it up for today as we kick off Thanksgiving week. Um, Appreciate you being with us. Stay safe, everyone, and hope you'll join us again tomorrow right here on AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Cenex Premium Diesel comes with a more complete additive package for a more complete burn to optimize performance in all engines. A lot goes into keeping a precision operation moving. The inputs you choose have to deliver results. New Delaro Complete Fungicide from Bayer offers unmatched consistency and the most complete disease control available. Your corn and soybeans are protected and yields higher, even in unpredictable conditions. With Delaro Complete, you get results you can count on to help keep your precision operation running smoothly. Always read and follow label instructions. To learn more, visit delarocomplete.us today. Come experience the virtual DTN 2020 Ag Summit December 7th through the 9th. Challenging times demand that you reevaluate your operations. The DTN Ag Summit will focus on ways you can build a more resilient business to farm strong. General sessions and in-depth breakouts will connect you virtually with farmers and financial experts. Have some fun and network with top farmers from around the world. The DTN Ag Summit December 7th through the 9th. Register at DTN.com forward slash Ag Summit.